You are listening to The Current Podcast, the official podcast of UC San Diego's IT Services Department. I'm your host, Miguel Rodriguez. Today is Wednesday, September 15th. Fall quarter starts on Monday, and classes resume next Thursday. Are you more ready than I am? We'll see. (sighs) I wonder how many of you are ready for a return to campus. I know the Return to Learn town halls are ramping up again, so mark your calendars for faculty and research on September 27th, with staff on September 28th, and an events town hall on October 5th. Get thee to returntolearn.ucsd.edu to register. For today's interview, we'll learn all about process mapping and ProMap from Nick Ensley, Katie Mankins, and Tony Nava. This is Mark Herzberger. Today we are venturing a little outside our friendly confines of IT services. We have one UC San Diego person and some other guests from other UCs. I will ask them to introduce themselves. We'll start with the northernmost, UC Berkeley. Take it away, please. Hi, my name is Nick Ensley. I'm in the Business Process Management Office at UC Berkeley. I've been with Berkeley for about 15 years now, and our team is kind of focused on process, project management, change management, and uh, strategic thinking and planning in the uh, VCA. Thank you, Nick. Santa Barbara, please chime in. Hi, this is Katie Mankins, joining from UC Santa Barbara. I work in the office of the CIO, and I've been at UCSB for a little over six years. I specialize in uh, process improvement and special projects. So I help people get things started and figure out what problems need to be solved. Sounds good. And our our great friend of IT services from UC San Diego. Uh, I think that's me. (laughs) Antonio Nava, Tony, uh, I'm with Operational Strategic Initiatives. I've been with the department for about three years. I oversee our instance of ProMap, as well as our Lean Six Sigma Yellow Belt training, Green Belt scholarships, and a handful of other items. A lot of the other projects that we support are, uh, you know, strategic planning and uh, continuous improvement related projects over at OSI. And dear listener, uh, if you haven't figured it out by now, we're going to talk about uh, process improvement and process mapping and how uh, the different UCs are working together. Uh, so Tony, uh, keep, keep on the mic here. You know, first things first, the three of you are involved in a uh, system-wide community of practice. Uh, what is the community of practice that you're starting up? So the, the name of the group is MAPSCOP. It's Meaningful, Actionable Process Structures Community of Practice. So MAPSCOP, it's mainly focused around, I mean, we sort of coalesced around this idea that uh, ProMap was a universal platform that we were uh, using across the different campuses. And, uh, you know, we really saw Uh, an opportunity to start building a a community around this. And Nick, how did this community of practice come together? Well, it started off with a lot of us, the the early adopters of ProMap, really leaning on each other and learning from each other. And, you know, it's it's great to have that experience sharing the challenges and successes we've had. And that naturally kind of moved towards, you know, trying to bring together a community of practice to continue that effort and also potentially to expand the work we're doing in our the initial UC locations to the rest of the UC system. 
And I know it sounds like it's early days, Katie, but what are some of the benefits of the community of practice so far that uh, you think have been realized? Well, I think first off, it's formalizing some of the informal networking and sharing of best practices and ideas and approaches that we were already doing as early adopters. And then being able to extend that to share our experiences with other campuses who were at various stages of their interest in implementation and recognizing that there's no single way to implement ProMap and process mapping as a practice. So we can all learn from one another and what works for one campus may uh, help another campus get a jump start. I think that's a, that's a real clear benefit that the later campuses can get from the community of practice and having a wider network of, of sharing ideas and what's working, what we tried, what didn't work so well, so that people don't have to reinvent the wheel. Anything to add to that, Nick or Tony? Oh, yes, as we're likely to learn from the newer ones coming on board, too, because, you know, they have some ideas of how to approach things that we may not have thought of and will continue to, you know, evolve those best practices. You know, one thing I'd like to say, too, is that, uh, you know, my focus has been here at UC San Diego. How can we get more folks at UC San Diego using this tool? How can we make them aware of it? How can we see the benefits of it? Because, you know, being being aware of your process, being able to communicate and share out does a lot for removing silos and building community and things like that. And, you know, I can I can individually or with the office or with the support of people who have been using the tool, we can start to spread it, spread awareness of it. But I think there's also other use cases, other approaches, other uh, ideas and methods uh, within the same tool that are being used and, and successfully used at the other campuses as well. So part of what we're doing is we're pulling together the different success stories from different locations uh, and sharing those, saying, here's what we've done at UC San Diego, but look, UC Berkeley and UC Santa Barbara, uh, you know, are different phases of this well as well. Um, so, you know, that's helped us, I think, to start to grow uh, awareness of ProMap at UC San Diego. But again, the cross benefit is that UC Berkeley and UC Santa Barbara and other campuses can, can do the same at their campuses with the information that maybe UC San Diego's used. And we've already seen benefits with other campuses, uh, such as UCLA and UC Irvine, who are now taking an interest in the tool, uh, who are participating in the community practice and who are um, hopefully gonna to, to use the same uh, best practices and outcomes that we've seen, the example maps and whatnot, to start to share and to get a real good running start uh, on, their, on their journey there with ProMap. Well, let's not bury the lead. Uh, we should probably get into what is ProMap uh, in the first place, because uh, it sounds like that's kind of the, the centerpiece of the community of practice. Katie, why don't you help our dear listener with just what, what is ProMap? What are, what are we talking about here? So um, ProMap is a process mapping and process management tool. It's more than simply the maps, but one of the things that's very attractive about it is the ability to build maps from the content that you are entering and keep those maps updated as you add, remove, edit activities and the roles associated with the activities. If you think about the kind of swimline diagrams that you typically use uh, Visio or Lucidchart for, this is something that comes naturally in ProMap. But in addition to building swimline diagrams and being able to keep that content live, it also lets you add 
other kinds of content so that your library becomes more of a process map uh, asset library to use kind of an old old days terms so you can have links to additional forms of guidance you could have links to video mentors but one of the things about ProMap is that with all of the depth of the content that's possible to house in ProMap, it's a very intuitive tool. If you can write an outline, you can get started in ProMap. It's very, very simple to pick up and start to get some immediate benefit from. I would probably be the exception to the rule there that proves the point, but we don't need to dwell on me, uh, Nick. <laughs> How did, um, how did, you know, it sounds like a great tool, but Nick, maybe you can help us understand how did ProMap become the, the application of choice for this kind of work, uh, either at UC Berkeley or, or across uh, the UCs, it sounds like. Yeah, so actually UC Berkeley was the first in the UC system to adopt it. We were at the time trying to figure out how to help our shared services center deal with a lot of things around process, whether it's you know documenting, improving, dealing with process ownership. And my team, we're looking at a lot of the different tools that are out there and we zeroed in on ProMap very quickly. Because not only was it, as Katie was describing, a tool that brought together the procedural document, the map in a ease of use that you can easily update, but it has a lot of structure around connecting processes together. It's a cloud-based tool that allows uh, notifications to connected processes. It has a lot of things that help reinforce good governance structure. So we brought this to UC Berkeley and I think probably about a year after we had it, I believe UC San Diego and UCOP had kind of heard about it through other means and were asking them what we were using. And we got together and actually decided to approach the vendor to actually do a UC system-wide contract. And through those initial three groups and then later Santa Barbara came up on board very early, you know, we had a, a very useful contract with the vendor that allowed us um, to have unlimited number of users, unlimited number of processes. And, you know, they actually built a really strong relationship with the UC system. And if you could continue on a sec, Nick, and maybe expand on what uh, Katie was saying a second ago, just what are some of the, the key uh, features and, and attributes? So one of the things you can do, um, there's a lot of things that's built into it about around communication, keeping things updated. When you share content, and you can do that either with someone who has a ProMap profile, or you can share web links to folders or individual processes. Anyone who's viewing that content can provide feedback that feedback automatically goes to whoever's been identified as the process owner. So just right there, we've got ownership that's really been reinforced because every process has to have a named person that's an owner. We have a feedback loop for continuous improvement and communication. There's a lot of visibility and accountability and transparency built around that feedback that you, know, you can see what's been responded to, what hasn't. The again, I kind of mentioned how processes when they're connected to each other, when one process is approved and changed, a notification goes out to the owner of the connected process. It goes out to any user who is identified as a stakeholder, which could be someone who has a role in the process or anyone else that you've manually added as a stakeholder. So there's a lot of things that really keep people up to date, keep people the communication of changes and gives that feedback loop for improvements. And Tony, if we uh, widen the lens a bit, 
what is what is a process map and what is a process map used for? So I want to take that uh, a half step back and just sort of say something that we we really drive home during the Yellow Belt training is everything we do is a process, right? Whether you are submitting an application for approval or a leave form or you're making coffee in the morning, everything we do is a process. And so, you know, a, a process map might be used for first day on the job training, right? To, to show somebody how to do the task who's never done the task before. A process map might be used to communicate to external groups, uh, you know, where they, where they sit sort of in the, in the overall landscape of a process. So that's more of a high level process flow. They don't, they don't need to see the granular steps. They don't have the links documents and some of the terminology might be different there. A process map might be used for process improvement, right? To be able to uh, identify areas where there's rework, where there's, uh, you know, issues in the process. By the way, also in ProMap, uh, one thing we haven't mentioned, there's so many. One thing we haven't mentioned here is lean tags. So you can put a little hashtag OFI or rework or waste or defects, and you can call out um, and it'll highlight for you specifically where your process improvement efforts are. You can add process times so that if you make a process improvement, uh, you uh, it'll show you in, in uh, what's called the change log. It'll show you how much time has been saved over uh, each process improvement effort. Um, there are system tags. Uh, this is pretty much automatic, but once you put uh, a system in there, like snow, for, for example, uh, when a user hovers over the word snow, uh, it'll it'll call out for them, you know, this is the ServiceNow portal where users can submit tickets and it'll give a description of what that item is. Uh, the same with glossary tags. So there's, you know, um, if I were to say SSPRJ, you know, and, and just put that in my map, I might know what that means and other people might know what that means, but, uh, you know, external to, you know, uh, that sort of small window of folks, you could hover over that map, uh, over that uh, acronym, and then you'll see it's sole source price justification form or whatever the case is, right? Uh, but furthermore, as, as Katie mentioned, you can actually attach the form itself, or you can uh, hyperlink to where the KB article uh, might be, that sort of thing. So, um, I know I've gone a little bit off the off the path there, but the uh, initial question I believe was, what is a process map used for? It's really any kind of guidance or awareness of process, right? So often we don't know how things are going, or we don't know what to do, or how how we're, how things are being done. We don't know where to go for additional assistance or help or for resources, or sometimes those resources change. Uh, and as Nick mentioned, if a process uh, changes. Uh, in ProMap and that change is made, it immediately becomes visible to all the users who are who are uh, accessing that. So echoing again a little bit about the communication piece, um, uh, you don't have to have uh, a single sign-on or, or any of that. There's a way to like share your maps out. I tell people you can send a map link to your aunt in Alaska and your aunt in Alaska without an AD login can can click on the map, can view the, the process mode, can view the documents and the associated links and images and videos that are that are all part of that map. And um, to expand a little bit on what, what Katie said about how easy it is to use and, and if you can sort of write a process narrative, if you can think of it in, in uh, if, you, if you can think of your process in terms of high level who is doing what action, then you can make this process map. And you don't have to fiddle with the boxes and the arrows. Uh, ProMap does that work for you. You sort of put in step-by-step, uh, -step, almost bulleted format, you know, what your process steps are, and ProMap does the rest of the heavy lifting for you, which is one of the things that I think is really magical about it. Yeah, maybe, Katie, can you take the baton from there? And, you know, if you're not uh, a process mapping expert or you're just starting out with ProMap, what are some tips for uh, leveraging its features? One of the things that uh, we like to emphasize in our training at UC Santa Barbara is 
working from knowledge that you may already have about the process at a high level. And we like to inject a little bit of Lean Six Sigma into our training for ProMath so that we talk about developing a SIPOC. So if you know your suppliers, you know the inputs to the process, high-level process steps no more than seven to 10, just like a good SIPOC, um, the outputs and the customers, then you have the basic information you need to start documenting the process in ProMap. And in fact, you have a little bit extra because there's a very minimum set of information you need to get started in ProMap. And one of the things you can do with this SIPOC view of the process, translate it into ProMap, and then you can come back and refine it as you learn more about the process. Say you go, you have a process walk, say you have a couple, and you're refining your understanding of the process and getting into more granular details of exactly how that particular activity is accomplished or, or who's doing that or what information do they use. You can go back in and make revisions and refinements really easily to what you've already done. So I think my, my best tip is start from a SIPOC because it'll get you a good solid framework to work from as you continue to refine the process. Nick, anything to add as far as beginner tips? Yeah, I guess one of the strengths too, like we've been talking about, it's really easy to use ProMap. It's really easy to edit something and update it. And one of the things there is then, you know, just get a get a version of that process, get that high level in there, like Katie was talking about, you know, get the people in the room or get their input, the people who are the subject matter experts of a process, get something out there, let them react to it, and you can continue to iterate on it. It's I've been doing this for years and, you know, use Visio and Lucid charts, and it was a challenge and a lot of work to update things. It's so much different with ProMap. It's so easy and takes so little time. So it's easy to make those turns on a kind of an iterative approach, improving a process as you learn more about it. And people who are, whether they're consumers of the process or the people doing the work, they give you the feedback and you get better at documenting it. In terms of like um, creating the map though, I think if, if folks are really, really accustomed to creating them in Visio or creating them in Lucidcharts, there's a little bit of a, a mental shift. Uh, Nick, I was hoping you could speak to that a little bit and, and sort of this concept of happy flow or, or critical path. Yeah, I think it's indicative in the way a lot of us learn to use Visio. Um, you know, we try to get everything visually on the map, every branch potentially of the exceptions of how things would flow back and loop back. And with ProMap, we still want to capture that information, but we want to make it clearer for what is the normal flow or the happy flow of your process? What happens the majority of the time? And we want to capture those other exceptions in ways that don't really distract from that version of the process. So there's a lot of ways where we would use um, decision diamonds in a way different than what we use in ProMap and we use notes or if required steps. So we get a little to like the details of it, but what ends up is we end up with a product that is a lot easier for people to look at and understand. So that's another big, I guess you'd say advice for someone who's documenting is think about your audience and think about the language, the volume of the content, how are they gonna come at it? And that'll do you well to really think about them and make something useful to your audience. 
Okay, why don't we wind down with uh, each uh, guest here briefly uh, describing how people at your university can get the access and training and maybe we'll do uh, south, south and up this time. So Tony, how do, how do the great people at UC San Diego get access to ProMap and get some training? So at UC San Diego, we have, uh, it's a Zoom provided training at the moment. I wish it were in person. The information is on our Blink page. So if you search Blink for ProMap, you'll find the applicable dates. Uh, you can sign up via UC Learning Center. We have a sort of a guardrail system. So uh, you go through the training and you're, you build out your first few maps in the, in the sandbox environment. So in a sort of a safe space. Um, and then once you are comfortable with the tool, then you, uh, you sort of graduate or elevate it into the, uh, the rest of the landscape. We are using the uh, functional folder model that's based on the ESR model of processes. So uh, individual units and departments will not be getting or will not have uh, an individual folder for them. Uh, all the maps will be living within this landscape, which uh, the intention is uh, if you're looking for an onboarding map, for example, uh, and you don't want to have to reinvent the wheel, uh, you can either search the keyword onboarding or you can go specifically through the human resources folder to the onboarding processes uh, once you understand how the landscape functions. And you can see how so many different areas onboard in one easy spot. Uh, you won't have to learn how, you know, how does SIO navigate their folder structures and how does OSI do it and how does Jacobs do it. Um, everyone uh, who has an onboarding map will have them in the onboarded folder, for example, or a financial aid map would have one in financial aid. Uh, the benefits there are going to be really, really great, especially as this gets further rolling out because the, another <laughs> again, there's so many features in ProMap, it's awesome. One of the things that you can do is copy a map. So if you see a map that pretty closely aligns, you know, we tell people processes may not repeat, but they rhyme. So my onboarding process might be different than another group's onboarding process, but they're very similar. So I can copy their process and then just edit some of the elements that are, that are unique to my process. Uh, and I've saved a lot of time uh, just in documenting those process steps out. So again, it's uh, search Blink for ProMap. There's a number of resources there. There's some videos you can look to and um, you'd sign up for a class via UC Learning Center. Katie, how did Gauchos get using um, ProMap? Well, uh, Gauchos get it via word of mouth, unless you're part of the Lean Six Sigma Greenbelt program where you get it as part of the uh, training. But word of mouth is people hear about it, they see it when they're working on a project with somebody else who's using it, they get excited, they call me or they email me. So I give them an account, um, I run training for groups or individuals whenever needed. Uh, we don't have it set up that it's on a recurring basis, but basically it's a, you hear about it, you'd like some training and reach out to me and I take care of the rest. So we're using a combination of functional folders where processes are common across uh, campus. And we have some folders for specific organizations, but we try to discourage the use of them because we are trying to ensure that people understand that their processes may be part of a larger campus-wide process. So please don't reinvent the wheel and think that, that your process is the only one. So we are uh, working together with different groups on, on documenting their processes. And as people get interested in cleaning things up or getting things tidy for a system initiative, they tend to reach out with the requests for process mapping and or process improvement training at the same time. And Nick, how do people at Cal get uh, access to ProMap and the training? 
So we have two main kind of pathways for people to get access. Um, individuals can just contact the BPMO office and we'll be able to set them up as a kind of a learner in the sandbox, let them play around with the tool. Um, we then direct them towards some online uh, training modules that they can go through. And once they complete those, we'll do a hands-on session with them to get them going in ProMap. But we've also been working with large groups um, from teams, units, sometimes even whole departments. And in those, we're, we're taking kind of a a longer view of understanding kind of how are they handling process management, process governance, and creating this process architecture, which is like the landscapes that you're used to at UC San Diego. So we work with them and actually develop those and try to understand, make sure they understand the work that they do. Where does it fit in this larger architecture that rolls all the way up to the core missions and the supporting processes of the campus? So we want to see from all the way down to the lowest process all the way up to the core mission, where do you fit in that? And so we've been working with a number of departments and have gone through that now. And so we also set up our ProMap site with a hybrid of functional and organizational. So we use organizational folders to kind of set up access for editing, um, but we're also using the functional view to try and make sure people see processes across the campus. Because a lot of these processes don't live in one department they don't stay in even one vc or division level they cross and that's how we want those processes to be visible in promap as well and maybe last one tony how do people join the community of practice if they so desire yeah so i, I definitely want to call out that uh you know you don't have to be an active user in promap you just have an interest in this area even if you're still clinging to the old ways and using busy or lucid charts uh, really, this community practice is around, uh, you know, mapping approaches, uh, process structures, process analysis, things like that. So um, you would email, if you're interested, email support-promap at ucsd.edu. That's S-U-P-P-O-R-T-P-R-O-M-A-P-P at ucsd.edu. Uh, and then we'll send you the uh, Outlook invitation and, and additional information. Thank you very much to Nick, Katie, and Tony for joining us on the current podcast. I really appreciate uh, great insights from everybody. Thank you Thank for you having us. Thank you. I sure hope you're enjoying this podcast. Remember to let your fellow IT services staff members know that this podcast exists. Get everyone to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you can get your podcasts. This podcast is a collaborative effort, and we want to hear from you. If you have any ideas for podcasts or topics, send them to me at its-podcast at ucsd.edu. That's it for today. Keep an ear out for the next episode of The Current Daily.